You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Yes. The, the band is back together. We are back from your motherland. Yes. Why isn't is it fatherland? Well, technically that, in this not, in it, this case, it is the motherland because my mom is from England. <laughs> my fatherland would be Jamaica. That, but, so. it, <laughs> but it is called motherland. Yes. Does English <laughs> go home to the motherland? Yes. But why? Queen Victoria? Because somebody called it that, Country. and that's, it's stuck. Yeah. Countries, I mean, like Russia, talk about Mother Russia. It's like a. That's what's cre- creepy is that you both are motherland. <laughs> and and Germany calls it fatherland, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's not so good either. Yeah, yeah. So I think once Nazi Germany called it fatherland, yeah. everybody else says, no, 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 no we're, we're motherland. motherland. <laughs> we'll go to our motherland. Yeah. No, we don't want to associate. Uh, we had a great time. We were in England we for two weeks. We met some really we, great we Germans. We uh, took, yeah, we met some really nice Germans, if you're listening. Uh, yeah. w- hello. And we met some really nice British people, too. And if you're listening, we're so glad we met you at the Harvest I think we met all the good, really nice British people, didn't <laughs> we? <laughs> there, was, there was 20 of them. <laughs> just that kidding. Was sl- that I'm was sorry. Oh, I, that's just kidding. It, it didn't have to be We went British. to your um, home church. And Steve spoke, and it was really obviously Mother weird. Church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, oh. this would have to be the Father Church in the Father's house. So. <laughs> Fatherland. Yeah. My Mother Church is the Father's house. We, we're a li- we're a little rummy. Um, you know, yeah, I had uh, I had I got hit a few hours ago, really bad, and uh, I was just terrible with the jet lag. You know, it kind of hits. Yeah, and and uh, uh, we we were twenty four hours travel time, and we got to bed on last. Tuesday night, Tuesday or night would be at, Wednesday at morning at 2. In the yeah. morning. Steve got up at like 7, and I slept a little bit long. But last night I didn't sleep much either in case anybody cares. Mm. By, by the time this is broadcast, I'll have caught up to my... Hopefully I'll be over it. Witty, one, wittiness. One time it, I remember jet like this way. Is, I find it worse this way than you the do? other way. I see these, mm. the other way is a bit worse. Mm. I don't know. For me it's always just Maybe because it's our age. Maybe. Uh-huh. But I, w- I think one time I had it for like... Uh, 10 days and I just could not shake it. I was just like in the wow. <laughs> in the fog. Oh, let's hope we had four. Days. I had four yeah. nights there. We were there for 14 mm-hmm. nights, and I had four nights that I um, was up all night, like like mm-hmm. yeah. drinking 40, 40 glasses of caffeine, yeah. and and I never went to bed earlier than one o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, <laughs> which is like what four o'clock here. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great. We had a great time. Praise the Lord. Well, yeah. let's let's dive into our. Topic for the day. What if we couldn't dive into? What other words could we use besides dive in? Jump. Oh, no. Jump. We're going to get back <laughs> into this. Can All we right. just get started? Can, can we, we started? just get started, please? Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I, no, I, I, yes. So uh, today we're going to talk, we'll talk about a topic you spoke about somewhat recently in a sermon, Steve, which was uh, being a church of one versus being part of a body. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's uh, a lot of those. And that's becoming more and more of a normal thing, I guess, yeah. in society today, Christian society. Which it really is. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's just prevalent, isn't it? Um, so I think it's worth talking about. But yep. let's we'll read our scripture, which is from First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. Sounds good. Going back to English versus American things in England, we, you'd say one Corinthians. Yeah, 12. you would. Yeah. yeah. And how do you say Isaiah? Isaiah. I- Isaiah. Yeah. yeah. 
So. But anyway, just for free. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's over so, and anyway, so <laughs> He had his one minute of pep. Let's just keep talking. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I said I went back to one then. Anyway, first Corinthians. Oh it was you. 12. Are you jet lag? I don't know what I am. Um, <laughs> 14. Okay. For the body is not one member, but many. The foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any less part of the body. <laughs> just saying it, huh? And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? <laughs> if, the whole, if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we which uh, deem which we deem less honourable, on those we bestow more abundant honour. <laughs> now, less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more wow. presentable members have no need of it. But God so composed the body, giving more abundant honour to the member which la- which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, wow. but the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honoured, all the members rejoice wow. with it. That's really, I don't remember all that about the, the dishonouring and the, and the, it's kind of like making everybody equal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The, um, in the body. Yeah, and there's it, no there's it, no greater than in the body. It but. really speaks to the way you know the church just really wow is becoming obsolete mm-hmm. because of the pre- prevalent teaching of individual relationships with God that each person has their own. They hear God for themselves. Right. And each person hears God for themselves. And that would probably work in a society that's very much taught from birth to be about others. Mm. But our Western world is taught to be pretty selfish. It's pretty self-indulgent. It's about what you dream for you, what your hopes and dreams are, what, what, what outcome you're looking for is done this way. And nobody's looking for an outcome of going to work you know, eight hours a day, making just enough money to live and living hand to mouth, living check to check. Nobody's, that's not anyone's dream. And being able to just have enough to be able to go down and help your neighbor, you know, or nobody buys a truck saying, hey, now I can help all my parent, all my friends move. Wow. You know, no, they buy a truck because what it gets, it'll, it'll help me, right? Or a van or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every, we, we pretty much are taught to serve ourselves. Yeah. And so that teaching that everybody has their own private Jesus relationship and the own private use of that relationship, and it's for the purpose of serving themselves that message is extremely widespread how god's going to bless you how god loves you all the benefits that you get from god loving you it becomes very personal where do i get mine what's in it for me what you know what what is required of me and then the message comes along right behind it saying nothing is required of you it was all done on the cross it is finished is a very common sermon you hear today and the thief on the cross did nothing yet he was promised paradise in a few minutes and all of these things are just great deceptions and this this you know you pull up first corinthians 12 very specifically puts to bed all of those ideas it's really good it puts it all to bed it says this cannot be 
and and it's what's what's most funny to me is a person will say what I just talked about. You know, it's all about me. It's what, you know, God loves me. Jesus told me that I can do this and I can live that way. And, you know, people can sit in a Christian message forever and just move right in with their girlfriend, right in with their boyfriend. They can do, they can just go live in sin because there's nothing required. God loves me no matter what I do. And so people are taught that they don't really accept very well this, this, um, idea of the body dependent on one another Mm -hmm. and what you just read uh, you know makes us all dependent on one another and they would be the ones the ones teaching this message they would be the first ones to say that the bible is infallible and doesn't contradict Mm -hmm. but their belief directly and totally contradicts Mm -hmm. what paul is saying here about the eye cannot say to the ear i have need of you I must a hundred times a year talk to people who tell me why they don't go to church. It's because of the hypocrites. It's because of the failures, because of the judgment. It's because of the downright nasty way in which Christians will treat each other, like kill their wounded kind of thing, you know, um, eat, eat their, <laughs> eat no, their, no, no, no. yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll, you know, they'll just, they'll just go the wrong way. Right. And so that I don't have to have a church. God told me that me and him are church. Mm. I have church with me and Jesus. Redwoods. I go where Ocean. Jesus tells me to go and everybody being uh, dependent on only themselves. And Jesus never tells anybody lay your life down for this crowd of people, no matter what it costs you, no matter what it, what it is, uh, Lay your life down for the kingdom of God. And this church is the kingdom of God for you. Hmm. No one ever says the Lord says that to him, but the Bible says that all the time. And so these verses say that, and a hundred times a year, what I was going to say was a hundred times a year, I must tell people, okay, so let's just give you an example. The body very clearly describes Christianity as a body, a church, each church as a body, you know, each congregation is a complete and total body. There's hands, there's feet, there's eyes, there's nose, there's mouth. And so let me just take your hand and let's imaginary, let's cut your hand off. I must do this a hundred times a year and let's throw it on the sidewalk over there. Now answer me two questions in this imaginary scenario. Is the hand going to live? Will it be alive long? And then the body that it came from, is it whole? Is it healthy? Is it going to be the way God created it to be? Is it going to be effective as God created it to be effective? And of course, everyone says no. And I said, but this is how the Bible communicates the church. We are dependent on one another. I would never be able to step over a stumbling block if my eye didn't look and see it. If my sensory perception did not make a reaction to it, my brain did not make a decision, wow. I would never step over it. I would constantly be tripping and crashing. That's right. And I believe the church is tripping and crashing really bad in, in our times. And I, and I wonder, you know, like, who will be saved? The, the, the apostles asked Jesus, who will be saved? You know, and he said, and no one who gives in my name, no one who serves in my name, no one who lays down their life in my name will fail to receive this reward. Mm-hmm. So what does the church do? It begins to say, you don't really need to lay down your life. You don't really need to serve. You don't really need to bow your knee to those and do good to those who harm you, love your enemies, or turn the other cheek. You don't got to do all those things. It's all finished. The work is done. You don't need to do anything more. And so it it disqualifies us from being the answer that Jesus gave. Well, who can be saved? Mm -hmm. And and it's it's so strange. This, this, This results in 
a whole bunch of churches of one. Each person is their own self-contained, self-aware, self-governing, self-determining wow. church. And so you have five. So in America, you have 110 million little churches of one running around. And when you have a church and you teach it body politics, you teach it body functioning, you teach it body commitment, body attachment, abiding in the vine, every, all of us branches on the vine that turn into eyes and ears and nose and mouth and, and feet and shoulders and heartbeat and you know joints and um, blood systems and nervous systems. We, we become this active, moving, living, breathing body of Jesus Christ. Then we become Christ on the earth. We're the vicar of Christ. We're the, re the church is the replacement for Christ on the earth. Which one of us can say we're like Jesus? Hmm. None of us have achieved that. But together as one, if a church, even a small church, can achieve the goodness and grace of God if they will be in unity and they'll be together. I've never seen a more unified place than the Father's house. But I think that started with us teaching sons and daughters. If you don't like body, let's go to family. You know, there's a dad, there's a mom with great roles. They've got different systems. Like a, no one would claim men are like women or women are like men. We think so differently. It's, it's ridiculous. But in the body of Christ or, or, or the family of God, there are fathers, mothers, there are children. Everybody is together. We are one unit, one purpose, one house. We are unified. We're all going to the park today. We're all going to the lake today. We're all going camping next week. It's really good. And so the church in that sense is like, we're all doing this. Let's do it together. And the brain or the head of the church and, and calls the, the shepherd of the flock. You know, he used flock. Uh, he, used, he used a lot of different metaphors to describe this unity. But he, what Paul said the best is that if in unity is where... We have one mind. It's where we have one belief, and we all believe the same. You take a hundred people in a church of a hundred people who are all churches of one. You've got a hundred churches of one. Nobody believes the same. Yeah. Try to have a Bible study with eight men who don't believe the same. Oh my. All it is is people posturing to state their what they think is their wisdom, and they convince no one because all seven of the other guys are their own churches of one wow. who have their own head and their own basis of belief, their own doctrinal system, and they you don't you don't penetrate it any more than me walking up to a Catholic to say what's wrong with the Catholic Church and what's right with the Catholic Church. Now I will get a lot further than you would because I will say I'm confirmed Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, now I've got some credibility. But then when they find out I left the Catholic Church, you know, many years ago, and now I'm a pastor of a Protestant church, I lose credibility. Truth doesn't matter. It's association. Who are you unified with? Well, we went into a church the other day, and nobody knew anybody. It's all about just what the pastor says. And then they leave, and nobody, you know, they're all, it's all churches of one following what their God tells them in their head, they become their own leader and they go where they want to go and they do what they want to do. And they and say, God led me. Mm -hmm. It's God's will. Let God's will be done. And we are, what we really are is 110 million churches of one all really over good. America. But when we are not, it can be as little as, I'm saying 100, but it can be as two or three. Where two or three of you gather, gather in my name, you become a body of Christ, mm -hmm. an ecclesia. You become a, a, 
gospel preaching, gospel living, Jesus imitating yeah. mechanism for the building of the kingdom of God through the new covenant made with man through the Messiah, the Christ, through the Passover lamb mm. who laid down his life so that we might be able to serve, follow, lay down our lives and be justified, be sanctified, be made whole. And the eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of you. The, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. The, the each is for a purpose, but the purpose is for the whole, not the individual. And I think if you study the new covenant, you study the, the new covenant with God, you'll see that Christianity for oneself is not Christianity at all. Christianity is 100% about team sport others yeah. mm -hmm. serving others. And so you have a church of 100. Let's go back to a church of 100. If everybody was serving church serving others, just like this hand of mine has a whole body, another hand, two feet, two eyes, two ears, two a mouth, nose, has this whole system serving it. And it is serving the whole system. A church of 100 I'm serving 99 people, and the one person I'm not serving is me. Mm. But if we're all doing it, then I'm being served by 99 people. Mm. And each person is being served by 99 people as they serve 99 people. That's really good. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I hope so. Yeah. Anyway, Vicki? It's, it's really important. I mean, that is so good because in our hurt, I, and we, I, one of our pastors talked about this last night, is like in our hurt, we, may, we get defensive, right? We control... And most people who are in a church of one, they've been hurt by mm -hmm. authority, correct? But Jesus, you know, wrote to the churches. He wrote in Revelations. He admonished the churches. He exhorted them. And it wasn't just to one person. He just said, dearest Luke, dearest Vicky. Mm -hmm. He wrote to churches that were together. And um, in Hebrews, I was reading the other day, and, and, and you probably you remember the scriptures, Hebrews 10. It says, um, it says, let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he is promised he who promises faithful and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds mm. not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some now it's the habit of most but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the drawing the day drawing near what i feel like he's saying is in these dark days instead of being a church of one you need to be out there being a church with other like-minded people yeah. And at, like Steve said, you know, the hand, of, you know, the body, the, the shepherd, um, you go, I mean, it's just hard right now in the world. It's, everything's hard. It just feels dark everywhere you go. And you can either hunker down and be scared all the time, or you can just go out there and take the light. You're the light of the world. Take it out to the darkness because the darkness will flee. But there's, there's, well, there's misery, there's misery loves company, which mm -hmm. that's kind of weird. But there, when we go through things, and as the Bible talks about, we are going to go through tests and and trials. Would I rather be with you and Jesus or be by myself? Uh, you know, so I think last night she said, "Would I rather be um, in a in, in a desert, desert with Jesus, with Jesus or in desert?" without Jesus. Well, I'd rather be in a desert with Jesus than all of you guys mm -hmm. because there's strength in numbers. There's all, you know, yeah. the three, the, what's a three-strand corn is not easily broken. Um, he, it's all the way through. I don't know what people are reading. It's And it's all because it's control. We're, we're, we've been hurt. Okay, every person's been hurt by authority. 
either your dad, a pastor, a teacher, a gym teacher, you know, a police officer, a judge, and you are letting them rule your life, and you're not reading the words of Jesus and finding out that there's strength in numbers. And yet, people, we, we minister to people, and they have broken our heart. We have been, we, you know, we, we're the reason people are this and the reason people are that. And we've, in 25 years, we've heard everything. However, we still believe in, in the church mm. and, and being a church of, for us, it's a church of 300, and we love them very mm. much. And we, with us, with us together, we accomplish great things in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Like, people can't believe what a unified body can do mm-hmm. in the city and for Jesus. Yeah. I like that picture that, um, Steve, you were, you were kind of painting of the idea that there's, there's, a church, there's a church of one person who says, I'm just not even going to go to the church. I'm going to just do church By solo. Myself, yeah. But then there's also the church of ones who are still attending church. Yeah, it's good. Yet not submitted, not connected, just... Yeah, they're, they're in church because they want to feed me, feed me, right. feed me. That's a real big thing yeah. pastors go through in this yeah. world is the feed me, feed me people. Mm-hmm. It's like baby birds with their mouths open, yeah. getting regurgitated. You know, that's all they're there for. They're not there to put anything in. And that's a, that's a me, me, me Christianity. So Vicki um, started to talk about it. But, you know, in my life, I had four pastors cheat on their wives. Never once did I decide, I, I don't want to follow Jesus because these men are false. Mm. I don't want to be part of church because these men are false. No, church was Jesus's idea. Mm. How many letters did he write to churches? Seven. How many letters did he write to individuals? None. Mm. Zero. And uh, I, I don't uh, think that anybody, you know, can say that Jesus isn't the one that started the church. And if he started the church, then the church can never be a church of one or two. It can be three. I mean, the reason it can be three, two or more is because that's all you have. Right. Right. But the whole idea of every church is add to it daily. And so it's only supposed to be two for a short time until others have heard the call and and joined. And and then you have more and more and more body, which makes you more and more and more strong. Mm. Any hand-to-hand battle, like all the years of hand-to-hand combat, you know, armies lining up and just wailing on Mm -hmm. each other. It's always based on how many you have versus how many I have. Right. And, you know, it's like the guy with the biggest number intimidates the guy with the lesser number and it's it's really important the more people the more powerful so a church of one if it were totally necessary lost on a desert island i would be a church of one sure. but mm-hmm. i would be a complete body in that church of one that's right but when there's a hundred people on the island i'm not allowed to be a church of one that's good that's good i have to be connected i have to be part of the body the hand disconnected is not alive and the body that's lost its hand its hand is not whole and and what is what it what good is a hand that does nothing? It does nothing. Right. The difference between people who do something and people who do nothing are that people that do something they do something. And so, what do you want in your body? Is people who are there to serve the ninety nine, and then be served by ninety nine. You know, you get it's just the byproduct. If you're teaching right, everybody's serving everybody. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. And and also, like I, I think the analogy analogies used a lot is that. You know, who does a wolf go after? Who does who does a, the fox go after? 
I think foxes do, wolves, they go after the sheep that was wandered away right from the herd because there's safety in numbers. And there is safety in numbers. But, you know, you can get away and, and, you know, break and do what you want to do. But it's harder when you have brothers and sisters surrounding you, like the walls of Jericho. Right. And I think that, you know, one of the things we've talked a lot about over the last few years is the idea of the church becoming uh, non-essential. And I think part of that is because there have become so many churches or individuals within churches wanting to serve themselves as opposed to people coming together to serve the world around them, right? And if you yeah. can't, you know, if you can't serve each one another in your body, then how are you going to serve people really who good. are not in your body? You're going to just go me, 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 right? So I think this idea of coming back to a true definition of being a body, being unified, being together is essential if we want to be hope and be light, and especially the time that we're in. That's really good. And, um, you know, I look at the X church. I want to be yeah. like the X church. Yeah. I yeah. really do. I really yeah. want to raise people who, myself included, that just gives it all, does it all, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, not. I don't have to just blatantly just witness. I just have to do mm-hmm. and then witness. That will be your witness. And it's like, as I read the New Covenant, um, then it's just like all the way through it of who we should be. Yeah. And who the world, you know, like, and together, you know, I just couldn't even imagine not, not doing life with you or Jeremiah or yeah. Steve, you know. I mean, just we just have a great time as we, we serve him and serve the, the city. Yeah. So. so, And, like, without that being a body, being connected, how can we be ready for a harvest? Because a harvest is work, but, yeah. if, but if we don't want to serve together, there's no way to, like, that idea of... Well, Two or three thousand being added in a day, it's like church is a one everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't handle this. So the idea of the church at Book Acts Church, the number one thing about the Book Acts Church wasn't the miracles or the adding. Right. It was that they came and brought all of their possessions Mm -hmm. and 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 brought them for the for others. Sold them for others. Jesus said, if you can't give away all you cannot be my disciple. And that distinguishes right there. You want you want the book, book Acts Church in America. Are you willing to give up all? Mm. A, a, possessions. So they were. If you're not, you can't be the book of Acts. You can't be. That's what distinguishes them. And then Jesus says, if you can't, you can't even be a disciple. So we'll let you, we'll let you chew on that one for a minute. But to be the book of Acts Church, one of the biggest characteristics is you come to take care of others. That's when really we good. open the door on Sunday morning, how many of the people, if, if it's 300 that come, you know, all of them, children in, in total, if 300 come, how many of them are coming to serve others? Mm-hmm. Or how many are coming to get what God has for them today? And it's okay to want what God has for sure, you today, absolutely. but what's your motive for coming? And their motive, the Book of Acts Church, was they came Give. to take care of others. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was just thinking about, as you were saying that, I, I was thinking about the Ananias and Sapphira story and them being the first two that stopped. They, they were breaking, they broke that spirit and trying to um, not serve one another. And, you know, that, just that story is so crazy to itself. You know, oh, and I was to, thinking that, you know, who I was thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, no. and Abednego, <laughs> Ananias and Sapphira yeah. in the, I mean, yeah, in the New Testament. I'm with you. Yeah, so oh, they, my gosh. Right. Every in Acts was, like you said, selling everything they have, and it says that phrase of, no, you know, nobody went without. And then yeah. they sell their property, but then lie about yes. how much they made, right, or whatever it is. And then they both drop dead and just that, you know, picture and, of. 
they right. they they just stopped they they made that decision to not be all in and not serve one another yeah and the truth is they could have kept everything they, they could have kept yeah. off for themselves but they lied about yeah. it and that story now that i'm with you jet lagged <laughs> uh is I, I don't know how christians get away with get away from that that's new testament that's not old covenant where you know the all the ites and the you know all the ites that were killed you mm-hmm. know this is new testament and this is the church and that is a sobering mm-hmm. example of what you just said. Yeah. The it's, Church it's just, of Jesus Christ. Yes. That's right. Yeah. It's a Church of Jesus, and and they they just dropped dead. I mean, like that that should shock you a little bit. That that's yeah. that's the Church of Jesus. And all they did was claimed right falsely. Yeah. Yeah. What they were giving. They could have yeah. kept it. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. said that to them. It was right. yours. You could have yeah. kept it. Yeah. But yeah, but that's, that's the yeah. book of Acts Church versus the of twenty first century right. Western Church. You know, you could have kept it. Yeah. Versus, no, we came to give. We mm-hmm. came to make sure everybody has and yeah. no one lacks. I think. I think what I'm really proud about being associated with the Father's House is that I feel like the majority of people that attend the Father's House are getting this. Mm-hmm. That we're a body, um, and if you come here, you'll see that some of the events that we just like to show Jesus through, or like our Christmas light walk mm-hmm. and our. In our mud run, where thousands and thousands of people come, and the people are the more they give give away, the more they they want to give away because they feel it to be a, to be connected to a body. It's it's some people we have come to our church have been at another church for years and years, and they're just being born again because they're reading the new covenant, and they're reading the new testament, and they're and they're not, they're not dismissing any of it, any of it, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's all about giving. It's all about giving everything, giving your life, giving your time, giving your money, right? It's just, it's just, it's, it's nerve-wracking a bit how much they is required mm-hmm. to be a Christian. And but you know, what was freely it was given, freely you give. And Jesus gave his life while I was yet a sinner. So what's cool here is that people are starting to get that that um, truth, mm-hmm. and that's why. With, with Jesus, we can accomplish a lot of great things, is because we're a body, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So we've got this. Uh, what What do we think about this part of this passage, Steve, where he starts to talk about the um, the parts that we deem less honorable yeah. and the parts that we bestow more honor on, and presentable and unpresentable? That That's, that. <laughs> right, go ahead, Steve. <sighs> I'll, I'll give him a moment yeah, to get there. Yeah, there's empty radio yeah. time. <laughs> I put him on the spot, so, yeah. you know, I'm sure he loves I this. I thought that was very fascinating myself. Yeah, you know. It's everybody, treat everybody the same, I think, is what I'm getting from that, isn't it? It's, In the body? Um, it's not exactly Paul's teaching throughout the letters. It's, right. You know, it's it's everyone that is honorable, you know, needs to be treated. But you can't say that. It's It's more like, yeah, so it's like. In Christ, there is no male and female, yeah. no black and white, right. no skiffy and slave or yeah. free. Yeah. You know, that uh, that if you're a slave, don't seek freedom. Mm. Seek to serve your master. And if you're a master, treat your slave like he's your equal. That's right. You know, and this is what this is. The members of the body, instead of saying you're less than because you're, you have Down syndrome, you're a 40-year-old Down syndrome man, say you fit this church very well and That's you're right. a major member of this church as a 40-year-old really Down good. syndrome man. Whereas everybody, you know, knows he's got to be helped over the road. Right. He's got to be, he's got to be transported everywhere. Yeah. And he's not 
he's not going to know the all the intricacies of politics and all the all the Life results lessons. and consequences of of his actions but is he a, a legitimate honorable member of this church absolutely his his, his gift is love and every you know let's go back to numbers with 300 or or 100 if he's if he's love uh, well, the other 99 need to be loved too right we all, you know, it's like we, we could learn a lot about love from this man that we deem as less, less than. We're talking about our son with Down syndrome. Down syndrome, yeah. yeah. That's really um, And he's magic, and he's a shining star in the Father's House Church. Well, he's just as important in the Father's House Church as the pastor who speaks on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Last night it was Jamie, today, Sunday it'll be me. Mm-hmm. And he's just as important in the body. And nobody, we say, oh, the one that's most honorable is the pastor. But that's why when a pastor fails, so many people fall away from God is because they made him on a pedestal. They're not they're not serving him by serving God or serving him as serving God and giving their love to God by showing love to him so that when he falls, it's just God didn't fall. He fell. He made choices. And your love for God is still the same. You wouldn't have such breakups and such you know, splits, church splits, if people lived these very things that Paul is trying to explain about the honor and dishonor. You give this guy a pedestal so that when he crashes or when he does something wrong, people lose their faith and their salvation. Whereas the truth is, the Down syndrome man walking through the middle ought to have just as much honor and just as much importance. But see, they're both super important. You I don't think you can live without the pastor on the microphone, praying and learning and sharing and letting God speak through him, yeah. being the mouthpiece yep. of the church, of the body. Right. But I think you're way poorer if you don't have that 40-year-old Downs man who's been taught to talk and knows how to communicate love and just pours love out on everybody. So I think your body is the one that's missing the hand, mm. and my body has a Down syndrome man in it. And and so you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the less everybody would say, you know, so you, you're having four women are pregnant. Any of you wish for a Down syndrome baby? Mm. Nobody would wish for that. And yet we were lucky enough to have one. And it's just phenomenal. Like we look at our church. It's just like he's the richest member and yet the least honorable in terms really of good. anyone wanting him. You know, can Mark go home with you? Yeah, can he stay the week? There are rooms he, available in the guy's house now. Yeah, there is. Yeah. He's a, And, you know, they see him as a burden, but that's because they don't understand the Scripture. That's really good. That's really good. You can't say he's less honorable. He's less deserving of the value that he places. His value is equal or greater than any other person in the church who might be running some corporation. Yeah. It's good. That makes me think of, you know, one of the aspects uh, that we that we also see in this church of one thing is that people think let's say they are a toe and they think they should be a mouth and then they get they they leave a body because they think they deserve more honor or yeah, more, you know, to be they more go visible. looking for a mouthless body so that right. they're needed right and they you know or and they resent or they resent the position they've been given or they Correct. resent who they are mm-hmm. and that creates then more division so really there's there's a need for us to be accepting of the place that christ is supposed really and understand that whatever like you said whether it's um you know being the down syndrome person that's loving or whether it's being the person that's doing the cleaning or the person that's absolutely you know serving food or the person that's working with the kids or the person that's doing 
media stuff or the worship team or the speaker or the greeter at the door or whatever your thing is in the church just that's just the church service picture that it's necessary as much as anything else you anything know? else that's so really you're talking about the church member right who thinks they should be promoted and right. isn't yes yeah. let me tell you about the leadership that ought to allow everybody yeah. to grow into a place right that their gifts and that God God intends for them to have. And so, I mean, just if you close your eyes and picture a human body with a toe sticking where the mouth's supposed to be. <laughs> That's awkward. See a yeah. nose and a toe. Right. It'd look pretty weird. Yep. But if a person was born to be a mouth and God promotes them, church leadership should create a system where a person can grow to be a mouth. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... I tell my people, when you go out around the world trying to work in churches, and God really has ordained you to be an ear, be a be an eye, mm-hmm. it's not that easy to find someone who's willing to let you be that, mm. let you grow into that. Um, they might have requirements. You know, you got to go through a lot of hoops. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's hard to believe how hard it is to find someone who will let you grow into God's purpose for your life mm-hmm. support your ministry yeah. I want a tiddlywinks ministry well right away nobody's going to support that <laughs> but I think more <laughs> church leaders should say well if that's true yeah. I'll, I'll, that's I'll accept yeah. a tiddlywinks ministry let's see what God's going to do let's start walking forward and see where this takes us mm-hmm. and here's what I would like to see from you and just you know baby steps to where finally one day they say, you know, that tiddlywinks idea was a terrible idea. <laughs> okay, so what is, let's just find out what God's real purpose for you yeah. is. And let's see what you can grow into. And they come and say, I want to do foster homes. Okay, so that's a long road. So let's start. Let's see. Why don't you start with, <laughs> you know, the, the, the paperwork. Go yeah. get the paperwork that tells you what's required and what, the, what, what yeah. you know, what it takes to become a foster home. And, and if they're hungry for it, they, they actually do it and they come back with you ready. And they grow into it. And we start lots of ministries around here. We, we, we like to do a lot of different ministries, and we like it to be someone's passion because that's probably what God instilled in them, and they're going to grow into it. And then there's been, you know, a lineup of people who said, no, I demand it. You make me a mouth or I'm leaving. And so it's like, well, I'm sorry, we already got a mouth. You've got to move on down and look for some place that needs a mouth. If you feel that, and I'm sorry, but no, we don't have room for another mouth. Close your eyes and picture a head with two mouths. It'd be really, really dumb looking. <laughs> yeah. So, for everyone, thank you for listening today. And just as we come to a close, I think just this idea of being part of the body, being Amen. you know a, a branch grafted into the vine, and then being you know part of the family, whatever metaphor you want to use, making sure that wherever Jesus has you, whatever church you find yourself a part of, that you make sure that you are connected and serving serve serving in the way that God is having you serve not in the way that maybe you want to or feel like you should but Good. just trust him submit to the leadership and make your church the most you know successful healthy body it can be yeah so that's right have a great have week, a great week and we'll see you next time bye bye Thank you for listening to the Uncommentary's podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. 
help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.